0: Welcome to this week's episode of the Big Book Living Alive podcast, a weekly podcast showcasing the 1993 Big Book Seminar presented by Joe and Charlie in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. I am your host, Brad S., and I am an alcoholic. There's a difference between I can't tell you the last time I had a drink and I can't tell you when the desire to drink left me. The first is someone who is hopefully in the program and getting help and still working through trying to decide if they are looking for a cure or not. The second is someone you can tell has done the steps and the work and has found relief from alcoholism. They're not cured. I'm not cured. I will never be cured of this disease, but the desire to wake up every morning and fill the body with alcohol to relieve the shakes, or to straighten up the mind, or to get the fuzz out, the old hair of the dog, is gone. And as you will normally hear in the rooms, I can't put a date to it. I cannot tell you the exact date that it happened. I can tell you the date of my last drink. But I do not remember, know, or realize what moment it occurred. But it was a moment that gave me complete relief from this disease. Let's see what Joe and Charlie have to say about this.
1: I've got that little inventory sheet up here in my head. I don't have to write it on paper anymore. I've got it in my head. When I feel resentment at 9 o'clock in the morning, I have one or two choices. I can let that resentment fester until about 11 o'clock I've cussed somebody out. By 12 o'clock I'm scared to death. By one o'clock, i got two more resentments. By three o'clock, I'm a basket case. And by night time, I'm just about ready to get drunk. I can do that if I want to. Or I could stop immediately. And I could say, okay, Charlie, who do you resent? What did they do to cause this? What part of self is affected? Which character defect has come back to the surface? I can't be upset unless I don't selfishness. Dishonesty, self-seeking, frightened, inconsiderate character has come back. I can spot it just like that. I can say, God, you know I don't want to be this way. Please take this away from me. Discuss it with another human being as soon as possible, preferably my sponsor if I can. Make amends quickly if I harm anybody. And in 30 minutes or an hour, it's all gone, and the rest of the day is okay. I've wasted all the days I want to waste. I love to feel good. I want to feel good all day long if I can. And I can do that by using this step. Oh, God, be careful with this one. (laughs) Because if you buy into this idea, then that means you really are responsible for how you feel, for what you think, for what you say, and for what you do. Now that we know how to handle this, If I'm filled with resentment and matter and hell, that must be because that's the way I want to be. If I'm full of fear, then that must be because that's the way I want to be. If I'm doing things that hurt other people, that must be because that's the way I want to be. I don't have to be that way anymore if I don't want to. And let's face it, once in a while I do want to be that way. There's times I love to be mad. Because when I'm mad, I can romp and stomp and raise hell with other people, and that gives me a comfortable feeling of superiority over other people. Sometimes I like to be afraid. Because when I'm afraid, I can use that fear to rationalize and justify not doing what I ought to do, and just as importantly, I can use it to justify doing things that hurt other people I shouldn't be doing any of. But when I do it anymore, I don't enjoy it like I used to. Somewhere in the middle of it, I catch myself and I say, okay, idiot, you're doing it to yourself again. If we do 10 the way the book says, we will continue our growth until we move into another dimension that we never, never dreamed existed. Now, after you do step 10 for a while, due to the growth factor within it, you come to an entirely new set of promises. There's a set of promises on page 84 and eighty-five. Nobody ever talks about them. Let's look at the promises on 84 and 85 after we've practiced step 10 for a while.
2: He said, and we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol, for by this time sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in liquor, and if tempted, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. We react sanely and normally, and we will find that this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That's the miracle of it. We're not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we've been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We've not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We are neither cocky nor are we afraid. That is our experience. That's how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. Remember way back on page 45 that I said, the statement said that the main object of this book is to enable me to find a power greater than myself, and that the power would solve the problem, would not help me to solve the problem, but if I find the power, then the power will solve the problem, and somewhere between page 45 and here, through the application of those steps in my life, <clears throat> that desire for drink was gone, and I don't know when it happened exactly. But I know one day I was sober eight or nine months and I looked around at myself and I said, my God, I hadn't wanted to drink it how long was it been?" And I couldn't remember. It was just gone. That's the miracle of it. And that's one of those days that I do this program to work again, another spiritual experience. And prior to that, I used to be awfully bad about thinking about drinking. In some little times when I was even not drinking, I would be looking through a magazine and I'd see a picture of a bottle and I would, I used to say I would uh, slobber. That's what I did. Down south, you slobber you a lot lot you down do down, What you do up there? What you do But, I, I mean, I, it just set me off. Today, those things just didn't happen. Just didn't happen, thank God. And somewhere along the line, I said, that I found the God within me, and the God within me solved the problem. It's just gone. And that's the miracle here. You notice you get your sanity back on. And that's a good thing. I have been restored to sanity page 84 as a result of the first nine steps and ten steps of the program I call of survival
1: now then you got to be careful right here because if that obsession to drink has been removed if you've experienced the promises that talked about on 83 and 84 things are really beginning to get good in your life now you know you've probably been able to move back in the house If you're lucky, you might be back in the bedroom. (laughs) Kids are speaking to you again. Dog don't bite you anymore. Probably got a job now.
2: Probably even got some wheels and we can drive a little bit. And things really start
1: getting good. And if we aren't careful, things start to become important. And we begin to put things ahead of our program. And the next thing you know, we start slipping back. And we start getting in trouble again. The book says it's easy to let up on a spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. We're headed for trouble if we do. For alcohol is a foe. We are not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Now, there's the word maintenance. One day at a time not over a prolonged period. Every day is a day we must carry the vision of God's will into all our activities. How can I best serve thee, thy will not mine be done? These are thoughts which must go with us constantly. We can exercise our willpower along this line all we wish it is the proper use of the will. See, willpower was no good as far as not drinking is concerned. But now that we've got our will straightened out, we can begin to exercise our willpower for the proper purposes. Trying to find the vision of God's will in all our activities. What does He really want for us to do? Can He give us the power necessary to do those things? You know, we now come to another step, step 11. It said much has already been said about receiving strength, inspiration, and direction, not suggestion from him who has all knowledge and power, if we've carefully followed directions, not suggestions, we've begun to sense the flow of his spirit into us. To some extent, we become God-conscious. We've begun to develop this vital sixth sense. But well, we must go further, and that means more action. Now they're talking about a sixth sense of direction. And everything I know on a conscious level I've learned through five senses of direction. I can see, I can smell, I can taste, I can hear, and I can touch. Those are the normal five senses of direction. And everything I've learned on a conscious level, I've learned through one of those five senses. But there is another sense of direction called a sixth sense of direction. if I could learn how to tap into that sixth sense of direction, I could learn how to tap into all the knowledge and all the power of the universe. And if it's true that God has all knowledge and all power, I'm convinced that he does. And if it's true that God dwells within me and I'm convinced that he does, then that means within myself somewhere. There's all the knowledge and all the power that I could ever possibly need to handle any conceivable situation if I could learn how to tap into it. Remember back in Appendix 2 when it said, when we become aware of the fact we've tapped an unsuspected inner resource of strength that we presently identify probably as God as we understand Him with a higher power. It's long been known that that knowledge and power is there. And it's long been known how to tap into it. And it's long been known that you do that through prayer and meditation. And most of us, when we come to AA, we're entirely, completely bankrupt in these areas. I knew nothing about meditation, period. I knew very, very little about prayer. Even being raised in church, when I got to AA, I only knew two prayers. One went like this. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I die, I don't like that prayer anymore. That's dealing with death, and I'm really not into that. The other prayer that I used, and I probably used it too, went like this, God, if you get me out of this damn mess, I swear I'll never do this again. Now All of a sudden, I'm faced with developing a life of prayer and meditation so I can receive God's will and God's strength. And God's power in my life. It would seem to be an impossible thing to do. It would seem to be an impossible thing for Bill Wilson to tell us how to do this. Because Bill Wilson also was spiritually bankrupt when he got here. And three years later, he knew very little about spirituality. Very little about meditation. And I'm glad he didn't. Because most people that know a lot about spirituality and meditation and prayer, when they write things, they write it completely over my head, and I can't understand it. Bill couldn't do that because he didn't know enough about it. What he did do was give me, paragraph by paragraph by paragraph, which is his usual way of doing things, a series of suggestions. And he said, if I will follow those suggestions... I can then develop my own life of prayer and meditation. He couldn't teach me how to pray and meditate because he didn't know how. But he gave me some suggestions that if I'll follow him, I'll develop my own life of prayer and meditation. Let's look at those suggestions.
2: You know, all through the book, we've been talking about those things that's been blocking us off from God the resentment, the fear, the guilt, shame, and remorse. Those things have been dealt with now up here. And on page 84, we got our sanity back. And once we have our sanity back, we return to sanity, then we know what to do with our willpower. But we get our sanity first, and then we get to the proper use of the will. And how can I best serve thee? Thy will, not mine, be done. Now, this, these things work real good anytime, But step 11, officially, works real good when you've got peace of mind and serenity and all those things that felt well, well. He says the 11 suggests prayer and meditation. We shouldn't be shy on this matter of prayer. Better men than we are using it constantly. It works if we have the proper attitude and work at it. It would be easy to be vague about this matter. Yet we believe we can make some definite and valuable suggestions. As Charlie said, Bill didn't know any more about prayer and meditation than we did. He was only...
0: So now that I have that daily relief from the urge... What am I going to do to keep that? And that's what this week's episode kind of touched on. Is we have today, that old song, you know, We've Got Tonight um, by Bob Seger. We have one day at a time. That's it. I cannot make up for what I did yesterday unless I'm making an amends or restitution. And I cannot know what I'm going to absolutely be doing tomorrow. I can make plans. But I can control today. One of the nice things about the program, and it was mentioned early in this episode, is I can reset it every day. I do like how they talk about uh, not being a nighttime program. You only do this at night. Oh, I'm going to go ahead and say my nightly prayers, and I'm going to figure all this out. Look, things happen during the day. I've had to reset myself a number of times. And the nice thing is, I can do it. I have the tools. I know that if I get aggravated or a little bit of stress, or if I'm not joking as much as I think I should be because your life is pretty good for me right now, then I need to reset my day. And sometimes that reset is a quiet moment of reflection in the house, or it could be just shutting up and listening to the radio in the car. It could be people watching. It could be anything that keeps me Actually, I should restate that. Anything that gets me refocused. I don't put things in my body to make me do things, make me feel big, make me feel important, make me feel like I can do anything. You know, the old King Kong, King Alcohol. But I can control when I'm starting to feel a little stressed and reset my day and that is my daily reprieve i hope you enjoyed this week's episode as much as i did if you'd like just the raw joe and charlie portion of the podcast that is available on our patreon site the link to that is available on our website or in the pinned comment until next week
2: this is the big book living alive joe and charlie podcast